program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness Podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest, Naomi Fox Rena. Did I say your new last name correctly? I don't feel like I did. It is Reina. Reina. Okay, like as a queen. Yes. Yes, my husband is from Spain and he is of royal blood, so yes. Excellent. Without the the Habsburg lip. (laughs) Because you you all, I don't know, you know, the the theta, which is, you know, that kind of in the the word Spain. Mm -hmm. And it's because there was a king, and I should know this off the top of my head, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, that had um, a, a, a cleft palate. And inbreeding was so common mm, among mm-hmm. the Habsburgs that ruled most of Europe at the time. Anyway, this king had quite the lisp because of his cleft palate, and they called the Habsburg lip. And so they have a, you know, a theta that they do when they're talking. They have like, in, but it's in Spanish. So anyway. That makes sense. Why it's like Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, just threw, I just threw in some Italian there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it would so, seem so. Naomi and I go way back. Remind mm-hmm. me if I'm correct. You first met me by referral coming over to my house to play with the lipstick that doesn't kiss off. Yes. And you have like these luscious lips. The men calm down because she is taken, but she was just, <laughs> she's just like luscious lips. And she's like, I love this. And I'm like, it loves you. Like, <laughs> those lips should be showcased. So that we, and that's been, I'm thinking eight, nine years. It's like seven, seven or eight. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. It's been been a minute, you Mm -hmm. know, that we have, and we have stayed in contact and you do all these fun, different, different from my experience too. So it makes it really fun to talk to you. You've done um, like star chart reading. And Mm -hmm. I think you're the first person who told me, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm like, I never connected with the Virgo. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what you told me? Oh, yeah. Right? Because I'm like, I'm just not, I mean, I'm born during the Virgo, but I just, I like, I'll read my thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's not me. This stuff's stupid. <laughs> and then you were like, well, Lita, it's pretty obvious why. And I'm like, no, it's not obvious why. Because <laughs> everybody tells me I should connect with this and I don't. And you were like, because all the things, my moon sign. And then yeah. you brought all this stuff out. And I'm like, what I totally, I totally, no, I totally fit with my moon sign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. people should contact you if you don't connect with your your sun ast- sign, your your sun sign, your astrology sign. There's probably a reason. And ever since you told me that, I'm like, yeah, I'm not a typical Virgo. I'm mm-hmm. a sign, which I have forgotten what it is. I'm trying to remember. I'm like, do I have you bookmarked? Um, <laughs> she like goes to her computer. I do. I have it bookmarked. Yes. <laughs> Why, she's me. such a pro. Yeah, you're an Aries moon. An Aries. Okay, I need to write like, this down. All the intensity with the Aries moon, and then you're rising. Can we share this with your guests? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Share away. <laughs> I was like, let's ask permission. Uh, so the the moon sign is how you are internally, like when no one else is around, or uh-huh. like with your really close people. And a lot of times we see ourselves through our moon sign. But an Aries moon is kind of extra special because you got like pause on the extra special, extra special, (laughs) extra special, extra special. Okay, (laughs) like it was remixed that way for you. Um, And um, so I love me some Aries moons. They're like some of my most favorite people because you'll be around them and you're like, it's almost like the sensation of like, why does the ground feel hot? Oh, that's because there's a river of fire underneath of us. It's all the hotness. Right. What? All the all hotness. the hotness and this like is the hottest of the hotness like two years ago and when you were I just remembered that you had said that and I was like well clearly 
<laughs> and then your rising sign, your rising is like your first impression. It's how you show up when you first meet someone. Uh-huh. So um, like in greetings and all of the, you know, mingling and all that, you're an Aquarius rising. So you okay. come off a little different. <laughs> Okay, in like the, the very best ways <laughs> other than like it is the age of Aquarius um which I apologize to all of you this is not a singing podcast <laughs> but um what are what are the what is the Aries and what is the Aquarius just break it down for me again because so the I- Aries is the god of war it's cardinal fire so it's the inception point of fire it starts everything it's the first sign of spring the first sign of the the year effectively um if you count like the new year as spring so Aries is like bah like comes right out the gate like just really intense and fabulous and wants to play and have so much fun okay Aquarius is a very intellectual sign. It's a fixed air sign. And so it is very, um, it has a lot of knowledge, very, very intellectual. And also it's almost like Aquarius is like if you could reach through space and time and go and grab a new idea or a concept and bring it to the now, that is Aquarius energy. That's why it's like the age of Aquarius, because we are rapidly integrating like, quote unquote, futuristic ideas, but nobody can, we can look at the timeline of how things have gone over the last couple hundred years. And we have had massive leaps in technology and new and fresh ideas and out of the box thinking. So rising Aquarius, like people meet you and you're, they're like, wow, you're so different. You probably get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and they also think that I'm like a type A. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> You're like, you can just assign to me whatever you want, honey, because sure. I'm probably all of it at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I had this thing one time where they put like little nodes in between my fingers and my toes. Mm. And I'm some kind of earth, fire, water, mm-hmm. rain, like all the anime, whatever. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't even know. Either. I feel like I'm insulting someone's religion when I say this, but I'm like all the things. <laughs> they just, education, um, perhaps. You probably just need more information from a loving place. <laughs> but it always goes back to heat, which I'm like, that's so funny that prior to all of that, when people started calling me hotness, I was like, you know, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, Obviously, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which Mm -hmm. you know me pre being labeled hotness, right? Uh, Yes, I believe that you were into that transition point where it was starting to, um, you were kind of starting it like, I think I met you just shortly before that because it wasn't too long after that your book came out and everything that you were doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was funny because people were calling me hotness. And then I was telling my friend, I said, I just don't know. I just don't know what to call the book, you know? (laughs) She's like, what's it about? And I'm like, well, it's about, you know, discovering how your inner hotness and who you are and how you connect and how you don't burn other people. And she's like, I don't know, hotness. What would you call a book like that? (laughs) And sometimes it just takes a good friend to be like, duh, right? Mm -hmm. I fully support all of this. Yeah, I totally came up with all these different things, but you guys can see that Naomi is endlessly fascinating. I love it. And it was good of me just to get that for free again, (laughs) you know, because somehow you keep doing that and um, we need to get my daughter with you because she's all like wanting to do this. And so I I was, um, well, you know, this will come out after her birthday. So we'll make sure we do that before for her, one of her birthday presents. Fabulous. Um, but you know, to know thyself is really cool. And I knew myself that I was not a Virgo. And then when you said this, I was like, well, that makes everything make sense because well, and you have no other placements in Virgo at all. Like you have only your son is in Virgo, but your Mercury and your Venus are both in Libra and you're more Libra than Virgo. You have two other placements there. You have four Libras. So like when people usually say like, I don't connect with my sun sign or I don't connect with my astrology sign almost every single time it's only their sun sign that's in that sign and they're diversified with all different kinds of energy inside of them well which is funny because i think most people only know that there is a sun sign absolutely well me you know (laughs) most people of course what i know all people know Uh, (laughs) that was such a that was such a an aquarius thing to say <laughs> and and the virgo because the virgo can be very black and white and can think that like their their rules are the rules like so there is still that quality there that it's like the way you see the world is the way that the world is and it's like mm. i was raised by a virgo so yeah i got oh. that oh uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep yep i don't i don't uh mm-hmm. you know but yeah so i think it's cool to know there's all these different things mm-hmm. and i love 
personality tests and I know this is beyond oh, yeah. personality tests, but I love them because not that we're in a box, mm-hmm. but that knowing how we might show up naturally in different things can help us to realize where some of our weak points are. Like for me, I'm a big ideas, mm-hmm. but man, I got to have a team. So when yeah. people are like, Lita, how do you do it all? I'm like, what makes you think that I, I Lita personally do it all? Because I know without any pride that I need someone behind me doing data entry. And I need someone behind me to like schedule the things like you were scheduled by an assistant and then <laughs> I have my media company. And there've been times where I've had full-time assistant. I'm fortunately not that busy in my life. You know, uh, I don't know what busy, but you know, I'm not getting all, I'm not all over the place, all over the country. And I'm okay with that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah Cause uh, which one says I like to be home with my family? Well, your home, your house of home is actually in Gemini. So you're going to be very intellectual about how you approach home. Oh. And um, your moon sign is like, is your inner world. And so it's like, you're probably really passionate about your family being an Aries moon. It's like the moon is mama. The moon is home. The moon is all that stuff. And Aries is like all the passion and all the intensity. Yeah. Um, I mean, no one could ever look at my social media and think that I'm passionate about my kids. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, but we have we have to as fascinating as the subject of I am and your expertise. Uh, we I invited you on specifically. You were someone I wanted to have on anyway, probably on this topic. And uh, you know, if you want more of Naomi on this, we will do it, right? But you know, you probably should have like a whole podcast or something just a project I'm giving you right there right I've considered it I love being interviewed on podcasts is the current season I'm in like I love it okay perfect Mm -hmm. well I'll be like I know a great guest for you so (laughs) I invited you to be on because again speaking of you know transitioning to different phases of life I met you when you were a single mom Mm -hmm. and there was when you would talk about it there was still a little bit of a fire in one eye and a tear in the other that's a very accurate assessment (laughs) And, um, you have gone through some really, you know, so you put this post up on Facebook, we ended up having this little conversation on Facebook, but let's kind of reference a little bit what happened in that post so we can catch listeners up to this conversation we're going to have. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I had posted just a few weeks ago. Um, I spontaneously was just feeling so much love for my husband slightly more than normal, which is already kind of a lot. Um, that I just was so grateful for him and for what we have together because it, I don't take it for granted. Like it feels like almost every breath that I take, I literally consume gratitude in, in being in this marriage because I've been divorced. I've been divorced twice, actually the first, uh, marriage that I had. And I kind of go into some detail on this post. Um, I got married at 21 And I had never even been yelled at before in my life. I'd never been abused in any way. Um, I, I was very, very, very naive. And I get married at 21 and like a week into being married to him, he's like screaming at me. And like, I just, I didn't even know how to process what was happening. It took me like a whole year before I was like, I think I'm being abused. Like, I think this is verbal abuse, like a year of being in it and like, And then another year and a half or so later, I got pregnant with our first child, who's now 17. And um, that was a huge um, turning point, but it was also terrifying, like, to be pregnant with this child from this man. I realized I might, maybe possibly... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, all the time is being abusive. Right. And, um, and to see that play out with our son when he was really little, and that was really awful. And then I ended up pregnant again. And I made the decision once I found out I was pregnant, like, I'm done. Like, I'm out. I can't. I, I, I have a fresh start here. Something about like, we kind of live for our children a little bit more. Sometimes it's easier to, to draw the hard lines for other people. And I, I just didn't know how to do it for myself at the time. And so I, um, I decided like, okay, I'm done. And like, we separated, um, after doing some therapy and all of that. And, um, I ended up losing that baby, um, in the early second trimester. And that of course is heartbreaking, but it was actually a little bit bittersweet because I didn't, I was terrified of already being a single mom. And, um, and the way that things played out, I got a lot of therapy. I got a lot of help. I healed a ton. And, um, 
I was doing so good. And my therapist even told me, she was like, I'm really confident you're not going to struggle with this again. Like, you're going to go have a really great life. And I was like, yay, all the confidence, you know. (laughs) I'm sorry. Only because I know the rest of the story. Oh, yeah. But just sitting there, I remember a certain point in my life being like, great. I have passed the I can do hard things test. (laughs) Check. Like I was 18 years old and I have proven that I am, you know, what we now call resilient and capable. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, God, you know, mental note, (laughs) lead is checked. Now I get to go be the person that just gives back and, you know, yay, and have this whole life. And, you know, I, the older I get, the more, I think the more you've had challenges, the more you'll get challenges. It's, it's definitely an interesting cycle and I've observed it a ton and tried to dissect it for myself and for others. And, um, I'm, I'm a deep observer of people. I'm a social scientist. Like, like you said, like you love the personality tests. I've always been into those. And then astrology was like, I could really deeply sink my teeth into it because it's so complex. It still is helpful on the surface, but like the deeper you dive, it just gets more and more helpful. And so I'm really passionate about teaching people about that because it integrates with so many intersections of life experience that I've had and so when you talk to people you're like you're you have these big eyes and they just <clears throat> they like lean in and they're just like like <laughs> connected to people I've seen I've, I've benefited of talking to you and I've seen you talk to others and you definitely lean into conversation and I love that thank you I I love it I love your observation that is I feel seen thank you um, so I here I am, like, divorced at 27 years old. I've got a one child. He's three years old. And, like, I'm like, I can do this. And I'm still cute and I'm still sassy. And so I go out and I'm just like, I'm just going to be me. So I go out and I'm just having fun. I start learning to do country line dancing. I got really, really good at that. I decide, I think that Denver, Colorado, I was in Denver at the time, needs a single scene. So I started a mid-singles group for ages 27 to 45, not married, of our family and like organize that my age and above yes (laughs) bing bing But I was like, I don't really want to hang out with people that are older than 45. So that's where we're drawing the line. And um, there was some old dusty email list that somebody had that we just kind of shot out a whole bunch of stuff and said, hey, we're starting a Facebook group. And within a year, there was 500 people in the group. And I had a little committee that I organized. And we had one to three activities rotating around the Denver metro area every week. And so we'd have one on the north side, one on the east side, one on the south side, one on the west side, like all every month. And like we'd have house parties with like 50 to 100 people there. Like it was successful by every measure of everything. And a part-time job to coordinate all this. (laughs) But I was having so much fun. It was so great. And like I just was enjoying myself. And I had one guy tell me, he's like, you shouldn't be in charge of this because it's kind of intimidating to date you because like you can't like sort of date the person that's in charge of the singles group because everybody knows. And I'm like, are you kidding? This is the best filter system ever. This is how I'm always going to be. So like I would introduce myself at 27, 28 years old, like, hi, I'm Naomi, I'm going to change the world, like, like all the optimism that my happy little healed self could master and muster. Like the box, you were done. Yeah. Yeah. I had PTSD, I got therapy, I got healed, I was nailing it, like it was good. And I was going to go find me, the guy I was supposed to be with and have more babies. And it was going to be fantastic. And so I met my second husband at one of those shindigs, one of the dances that we organized. And so there's like 100, 150 people at that first dance. Met him, you know, thought he was a player, blah, blah, blah. Then um, met him again at the next dance. And he like really pursued me and really chased me down. And he was he loved that I was in charge of everything. So I was like, cool, this guy can handle me. Oh, man, got married like, I don't know, seven or eight months later. So quick dating. Um, Had a baby right away. Had another baby. Um, had another baby, but that one um, was born still. And um, that was very, very difficult. Um, and he was never not dating other people. He oh, was um, hitting me. Okay. Yeah, he would he would regularly um, strike me and that was horrible. And of course, all the emotional manipulation, lots of financial manipulation, um, just like all across the board. And so 
it was horrific from every stretch of the word. The The marriage came with extra added awesome because he had a way of like really, really, really pissing people off. So we got sued with a business that we started. Uh, my very best friend started a hate blog against us. Um, oh. Yeah, that like went on for two years with like regular postings. It was horrific. Like it ruined my life. Like my no, whole life was ruined. Perceived. Mm-hmm sees you as a full equal party to what's happening and not yes. that you're yes. being um, hit and manipulated. And- well, it was worse than that because they would speculate and they would say, Oh, this happened and this happened. And they, they called him a scam artist and said, I was just a brainless idiot that went along with all of it. And they said, and I bet he hits her and I bet this and I bet this. So the stuff that they said was true, wasn't true. Cause I knew it wasn't true, but the stuff they speculated that was true was dead on. And so I couldn't speak my truth because it would have validated their lies to become truth. Oh. And so I carried this mountain of shame while having a baby and then having another baby and then losing a baby. And like even the responses that they had to when I lost my son, Jacob, like I wrote this lovely blog post after I had like it was like 11 days after he was born and died. And um, it was I had lost 40 percent of my blood in the process of having him because I had surgery and there were complications. And so like this is the first time that I could like sit up and not pass out. (laughs) And I'm like writing this beautiful story of like going to the hospital and how we were escorted by angels in there and like just all the tender mercies all along the way. And someone from the hate blog came to my personal blog and was like, God took this baby from this family because they're such terrible people. Like, not even kidding. It was, it was like, like ruined my life. Everything. Yes, I, I too had someone be delightful and send me a letter after my daughter died. They didn't have a blog. That's whole next level. Um, But they sent me a letter two weeks after my daughter died just full of every family insults, all these different things. And literally I was standing there um, reading this and just, you know, the world's rocking and everything. And literally I felt God like grab my shoulders and be like, you can believe me or them. And it was God or Satan. Like it was, um, what was the one that's black and white about me? Virgo. (laughs) (laughs) The main one. (laughs) That's where it came in. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it was, it was, uh, very clear to me that anyone that sided with them was with, I don't believe that people are intuitively evil. I think we just, at any moment of the day, we choose to listen to different voices, God or Satan, right? Different influences. It's hard to filter all that out sometimes, but you know, if you're, if you're sitting there gang, um, you know, jumping on someone who's just lost a baby, you're probably just not a nice person. You know, so um, you're not close to those people, Naomi? No, no, no. (laughs) That that blog actually caused me to lose every single friend in my life except one. Um, And she still kept her distance, but she was a dear, dear friend from before that. But we weren't super close. I think she just couldn't handle it. And she's actually the friend that I went to because we didn't have anywhere to live. We lost the home that we were living in months after we lost our son. And I needed to just go stay somewhere um, because we were literally homeless, bouncing around, like moving our three kids, my oldest from my first marriage and then my two. And uh, so like our little family of five, while I'm still healing from the blood loss, like we're moving around from house to house. And so my friend up in St. George was like, hey, just come up here and like stay with me for like a month. Um, she knew I had lost the baby and, um, she knew that we had lost the home, but like, she didn't know about the violence and she didn't know about the affairs. I had discovered another affair after losing the baby. Um, and then another one after that, like the day after we settle into our friend's house, I get this huge long email detailing, like all this, like, I need to confess to you what I've done with your husband. And like... (laughs) Like literally like at midnight, the day after we like get settled into my friend's little tiny bedroom that used to have her little boys in it. Like she cleared it out so our whole family could go into this small little room. There's several lessons of the damage of gossip because when we do that, we are literally isolating someone who might need our help. Tremendously, yes. And in it, it was just, it was hard on every level. And a lot of it was because of the story that I was telling myself. And since all of this, I've learned, like, we're always all telling ourselves a story. Like, the person that commented on my that on my blog post and said that horrible thing, the, the woman who wrote you that heinous letter, like, these 
these people and we are individually, like all of us are telling ourselves a story of what's going on. We love to narrate what reality is to ourselves. And the thing is, is the more unaware that we are, that's why know thyself is so important. And the more we truly let ourselves be in the light and we can see ourselves like the shadows disappear because we illuminate in the light, um, the more we can see what story we're telling ourselves. Because if whatever story we're telling ourselves, we will always go out of our way to make sure that our reality matches. Mm -hmm. So if we tell ourselves like nobody likes me and I'm a terrible person, you will create your reality to be that nobody likes you and that you're kind of a terrible person. Um, And if you, right. And if you believe like I'm a good person and I'm honest and I'm decent and I'm kind and you'll, you'll for the most part do that. But if you're not being aware of the times that you're not honest or not decent or not kind, you will like go bananas trying to cover up, what's going on if you are if you've behaved in a way that's out of alignment with your story like we all do this I have a a catchphrase that I say to watch for Um, I'm a good person yeah oh they're using I'm a good person and I've noticed within myself when I have said well I'm a good oh Lita there it is Lita you know that is like if I hear it from someone else I mean we all we all do these right. things. But if I hear that in, you know, somebody mm-hmm. saying it to me, hearing it in my own head, every single time that I've dug in, yeah, there is a problem there. And it's just exactly what you're saying. You're trying to justify away the thing that makes you uncomfortable mm-hmm. by saying, look at all the other good things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, look at look, I go to church, <sighs> you know, I, I, you know, whatever it is. Right. Oh yeah. Or I, one time somebody said, well, I haven't killed anybody. And I'm like, that's your, justification. <laughs> that's your barometer that's for like, I'm doing great. <laughs> congratulations for not being a murderer. Uh, wait, no, we don't congratulate society for that. <laughs> wow. That yeah. Is, mm-hmm. that is, uh, we remove you from society. <laughs> we have a special place for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that understanding that and I got that concept primarily from Brene Brown is that like we're, we're telling ourselves a story and that has brought me so much sanity. Like anybody who ever has to deal with an ex-husband in co-parenting or an ex-wife in co-parenting, they are probably telling themselves a story. You can guess what it is, but you don't even need to know what it is. But just acknowledge that whatever their version of the truth is, they will consistently make reality as best as they can to fit that. And that's where things get really sticky and tricky. And so understanding that has helped me to stop trying to figure the other person out or stop trying to feel like insane or be horrendously disappointed when they consistently act in a way that's in alignment with how they've always acted. <laughs> so I, I was in that mar- second marriage for several, five years. Several truth bombs there, people. Boom, several. boom, 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 boom. Like, just like rewind. Yeah, just go back. Just, just... <laughs> Click that back because that was, again. Yeah, that was really good. There's a lot of stuff that was just lost stuff. There was a lot of stuff that was just thrown <laughs> That was yes. Yeah, that was the theta being reenacted. <laughs> we're and we're looping back. Yeah. So um so at, um after about five years is when I ended up in St. George, Utah, like five hundred miles away from him. Um, just because we needed a place to live and God was like, here, come over here far away and just be here for a minute okay, away so from him. The friend invited you to come stay just to have some recovery time, but not him. Right. Well, cause he had, he had one office space in Phoenix oh. where we were living. And um, so he just stayed at his office, That's which isn't like true. I think he, yeah, <laughs> it's fine. His assistant was pregnant shortly later and you know, yeah. um, <laughs> so he stayed there and was going to like figure it out and like get us a place to live or whatever. And I was just going to come up for a month, but it took about a week to be like, Oh, this is, this is kind of messed up. <laughs> like, and so I was able to articulate like, Maybe yeah, I'm being abused. <laughs> yeah. Again, we're back here again. Maybe my first impression of him being a player was oh, dead on. Oh my gosh. Don't. Yeah. There's, there's so much power in first impressions. Um, yes. And so just being able to articulate in a safe place that I had been hit and that there were affairs, like you tell that to somebody who doesn't rush to say anything. They just kind of hold a still space with love. And all of a sudden you're like, huh, yeah, that sounds pretty terrible. Like, cause until you tell the story that you're telling yourself out loud, often that story just sits in like a cesspool within us and we don't really get to examine it. 
And so his, just this whole behavior sounds sociopathic that he liked <laughs> that you were in control. Yeah. Did I just hit something? Oh, oh yeah. No, he, um, it's a hundred percent true. He's yeah. Cause your whole body language was like, uh, -huh. oh, it's like, over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's totally true. He, um, he has been diagnosed as narcissistic personality disorder. I actually have like a little bit of a, like, everybody's like, my ex is a narcissist. And it's like, are they though? Or are they just really selfish? And they're kind of super mean all the time. Um, sure. Because narcissistic personality disorder is a sociopathic disorder where they are incapable of feeling empathy, and they can mimic it. And it is actually quite terrifying the day you realize that you're like, oh, they actually never feel bad for their stuff ever. Um, and so it's, it's an interesting experience to have an intimate relationship with a narcissist, to live with one. And until you do, you don't know. Like if you were raised with a parent or a sibling that had it, or um, you were in a really close relationship with somebody at some point or married to somebody, like those people know, and they're nodding along and they're like, oh yeah, I know. And other people they're like, yeah, 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 that exists. But like they could be talking to a narcissist, a true narcissist, and just not know. Just right. like I didn't know until I, now I know. Now I'm in the club, the club nobody wants to join. <laughs> Yeah, so, I had a realization yeah. not too long ago that I was dealing with a narcissist. And the funny thing is they call everyone else narcissists. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And or I, other yeah. such names. Like they make up all kinds of things about right. people. Everyone else has problems, but it's it's <clears throat> interesting. And I think there's there's power in knowing possibly what we're working with here, you know, as far as a diagnosis, but the diagnosis isn't as important as understanding the behavior doesn't work. Yeah. Because we absolutely it's interesting how a lot of times people project everyone else as the problem, but until you're willing to look at how you could be the problem, you really can't affect the other, the situation effectively. Absolutely. It always comes from within. Yes. Right? And healing from, healing from having intimate relations with like intimate, meaning like you're sharing the same household. I mean, it could be a roommate that could really just work you over and like you could have serious trauma just from that. It doesn't need to be yeah, a romantic relationship. I had a relationship. roommate that was a hitter. Oh, geez. <laughs> and, but it was great because it taught because <laughs> I, you know, at 18 was like, I will never be abused again. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got I to am. know that before making yeah, a permanent yeah. decision like marriage. <laughs> Abuse. And it threw me right back into those patterns of supplication and um, mm -hmm. just accepting it. Like it was just like normal. And so it made me really dig in to really figure out what about me is allowing this behavior? Yeah. So I'm thankful for it. It was a gift. Yeah. And a hundred percent. And I'm a huge fan of really owning, owning what is your power in it. Um, <clears throat> we don't need to dwell very much on like how wrong that the other person is. It's a, it's like, okay, so, but where's my power in this? Because I would love to create something, not this <laughs> moving forward. So what it does that look like? This isn't as good as y'all think it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And so I got, I got my happy self into serious therapy. Like I was in good therapy, like once a week before my second marriage, but after that I'm second divorce. that's about when I met you. Yeah. I had recently shaved my head is when, yeah. like, is about the point that you met me somewhere in there, like right before, right after. You have cute little spiky hair. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, I shaved my head, um, a few months into the divorce process, but it was a, like, it was a very well thought out decision. So my, my moon sign is in Virgo. So like, I'm going to process things internally, very, very meticulously, very black and white, very, like I've talked about it with my therapist multiple times. It wasn't like a Britney Spears moment of like, I'm so freaking stressed out. I'm just done. But like, I thought about it and I went to Walmart and I bought the little, you know, shaver kit buzzer kit and like I buzzed my own hair in my house like I was done I needed to release all of that energy and declare that I was no longer going to be that woman and, and he was really into your your looks and your hair and yes all. and I didn't know who I was without my hair because yeah. I have amazing hair <laughs> yeah, you, every time I've seen you um your hair is like perfect right now mine's in a, a mess on the top of my head it's so uh, cute though. <laughs> but when I let it down, it's going to be amazing, but you always, oh, yeah. body. and, but let's, let's talk less about your hair. Cause I'm sure <laughs> the listeners are like, we can't see it. So whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, so and, I meet you around this time uh -huh. intentionally uh, moving forward in your life. Like I said, you know, the tear in one eye and the yeah. anger in the other. And, um, I've watched you date. 
mm-hmm. and have your heart broken and date. And I'm sure I'm not the only one where I'm like, you'll know when you know, he'll be good. It'll mm-hmm. be great. You know, and you kind of look at me like a lot of people do when happily married people say stuff like this. They're like, you do not know the hell that I have been through. <laughs> I wanted to stab people in the face with a fork when they were like, they were like, here is my advice for how to find a not terrible person to marry. Like, cause I did everything. Like I was obsessed with finding him more than pretty much anybody that I ever met. Like all I wanted was, I just knew that he existed and I knew that it was going to be wonderful. And I knew that marriage didn't have to be hard. It's totally cool if people want to go create a challenging marriage. Nothing wrong with that. I just knew that, like, I knew that I mean, it was fine. possible. You want to struggle? You can do that. <laughs> and I think a lot of people are like, well, marriage is hard. So they just accept when they f- receive a partner that is hard. They're like, well, this is, you know, marriage is hard. And um, my own kids were saying the other day, they're like, well, you know, married people argue. And I was like, huh. I was like, let's uh, let's unpack that. I said, have you seen Ralph and I argue? And they're like, no. <laughs> but they reference their dad and their stepmom argue and they see other marriages argue and this and that. And I was like, cool. I'm like, some marriages have arguments, some don't. Like, <laughs> let's just rewrite that. But they've only been exposed. We've only been married now for f- almost 15 months. And so they're learning to rewrite that. So I spent six and a half years single. Um, dated, spent lots of time just not dating anybody, just giving myself time to like ring out and like, who am I when there's nobody else in my space? The things that I learned was like how much that I uh, cry. That was really surprising to me because I always would gauge like how much can I cry based on the person I'm with. And it's one of those things like I didn't know that I did that because it's like, I actually prefer to cry alone, which not like out of like a pity party, like, or a victim thing. It's just like, sometimes you want to cry all the way to the bottom of the thing. And like, you just don't need somebody else in your space. But, um, cause most of the time it's really uncomfortable to be around somebody who's crying. It's like, how do I act? Like, what do I do? Do I comfort you? Do I ignore you? Like, <laughs> and just getting really comfortable with, with those simple things of like feeling everything all the way to the bottom and, and being able to heal it and feel it and release it. Um, and just knowing how do I like my meals? How clean do I like my house or not like my house? Like, what do I like? I didn't know. Um, in astrology, all of my big three, my sun, moon and rising are all mutable signs, which means I'm really adaptable and I quickly turn into whatever I think somebody wants me to be, which has a lot of really positive qualities. And I love those about myself. It would make you fun to, to Mm -hmm. be in a big group and Yes. People together and exactly. skill sets we've, I've definitely seen for you professionally. Yes. But if you pair that with somebody who I has- lose myself right. and, and in human design, which is a whole other system, I have an open identity center. My identity center is open, which means I take on other people's identities and I'm supposed to, I actually become different people based on who I'm with very much the chameleon and I'm supposed to, but as I teach my clients now, like if you have an open identity center, go ahead and try on the jacket of somebody else's identity, put on the hat, do something different. But at the end of the day, take it all off and be naked. Like you are not meant to carry those from day to day, but you like, I can deeply relate to other people because I've quote unquote been other people. Cause I can so fully absorb who yeah. they are and it's beautiful and it's powerful, but clearly that becomes extremely problematic in a relationship when you're in a an abusive relationship with somebody that's like, Oh good. You're a giver. I will take and take and take and take the ultimate enabler. Yes. Oh, so much. And so learning that, learning what my boundaries look and feel like. And in the post that sparked this specific podcast, I, t- I referenced that I, I crafted a list of 39 individual things that over the years of being single, like it started out with like seven to 10, you know, the typical, like I uh, just descriptions mainly of like how I wanted to feel or how his character would be. It wasn't like he needs to be this tall and have this color of eyes and he needs to weigh this much and have this job and have this much in the bank. Like none of that was on there. And none of those things I would recommend putting on a list like this. (laughs) I have my own list that I could do. Um, And that's how Hollywood teaches us to date. Oh yes, for sure. Off of looks and portfolio and women historically, we do pursue security but yes. in today's world, we can make our own security. Yes. And much. so we need to be dating off of character. 
Absolutely. And, and figuring out how to phrase it for myself, like, how will I know? Because I know that I have a tendency when I fall in love, I kind of lose my head. But I love that about myself. I love falling head over heels. It's great. But I was like, I need to make sure I have a lifeline this time. So I had my trusted people like pillars around me that I knew that they would be like, "Mm -mm." and not one of them, not one of my close friends ever really liked anybody that I ever dated until Ralph. And then every single person, 100% of them were like, this guy is so great for you. Like, we love him. And they still sing his praises. And that, like, I, I learned to trust myself, but also just looking at, you know, around at these people that I know that deeply love me and that I intentionally created these connections in my life um, because, you know, everything was flattened and leveled and I had, I had nothing. So I had to figure out, like, okay, how, what kind of people do I want around me? So everybody that's in my life is extremely intentional. Nobody's here by default. And, um, and all of them are like, this guy is freaking amazing for you. And he is, and it's so easy. And I love that languaging of he's amazing for you. Yes. Yes. Because you know, no one's perfect, right? No, no. Um, except for my husband. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I was just saying that with another podcast guest recently that, you know, having someone who's perfect for you. And so I'm just kind of hitting in on that language again, because it's so powerful Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're not going to get a conglomeration of every perfect trait. No. Someone who's the right counterbalance to you. And that's why it's so important to know yourself. Yeah. Because you'll start to be able to recognize what are those counterbalances that you need. Yes. And, and that that list was basically that. And it was, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm, I'm putting this in out of fear or out of scarcity mindset. I created that list through prayer and through promptings or like I would date a guy and I would be like, I really like this quality. This, this feels really good, like really, really healthy. There's other things here that aren't so good, but like, I love this. Okay. That's going on the list. Or like, I dated a guy that like when we would have disagreements, he just turned into a little man child. And like, it was just really interesting. It was like, Oh, I don't like how you disagree. Like he did not disagree well. And so that made it on the list. Like he disagrees well, like we're going to disagree. Of course, I'm a really passionate person and I'm kind of weird. I'm an astrologer for heaven's sakes. Like there's going to be things that are kind of like, we don't see eye to eye on stuff. Some people might think I'm weird. We're (laughs) the answer to everything. So we all have, hallelujah. We all have our different weird. And I think yes, to be aware that there are people who look at our most cherished beliefs and think we're crazy. Yes. And, and, and okay with that. Exactly. And so to just be like, you know what, I'm okay with how I am because I also so deeply work on myself on the regular, like where I'm going to the Lord and I'm saying like, Hey, can you please help me with this, this mess of this thing that I can't seem to solve on my own? Like, I know that's how I am. So I knew I need somebody that had some kind of similar approach to their life. They needed to already be working on themselves because I don't want to be their coach and they're like, I don't need to hold them accountable. That's not my role. I'm not going to marry a service project. No, no, no. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I'm good. Okay. So I have a theory, my friend, because um, I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day and she goes, Lita, you do realize that what you and I have, AKA meeting the guy, marrying the guy, and he's the right guy, that that is rare. And I was like, you're totally right. You know, and that is, you know, the unquote ideal that you find the right person and they didn't lie to you. They didn't present themselves differently and they are actually the person they presented themselves to be. And then you continue to grow over a lifetime together and it just gets sweeter and sweeter. So I have this theory that people either get that or they get hell and then they get to find what could have started at point A and they make it happen because they went through hell. To, to a great extent, yes. And, like, very much we're on different, like, wavelengths with, like, the spectrum of this because you that, – that wasn't your struggle. You didn't marry the guy that was the struggle. Yeah, my guy was my reward for all the struggle before. And, and to be clear, you know, we've had struggles but not each other. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, life has been interesting in just the last 15 months. We've both had, like, crazy things happen. Yeah, my, um, my, my 18-year-old theory – Big shock, incorrect. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I, the, the, what I see more often is that people who marry like the train wreck, the service project, the whatever, whatever, fill in the blank, 
they get so traumatized that they have a hard time steering that ship around. And it, um, it's like turning around a cruise liner to say, oh, wow, this direction that I'm plummeting towards. And not just getting out of the marriage and not just like even holding that boundary with that person, but right. to rewrite what's going on inside of you that's like, I deserve a good partner. I can be a good partner. Like I still have trauma. I still have stuff that comes up even though I've, I've done so much work on myself. Um, and I knew I was ready at a certain point. I knew that I wasn't going to bring that in, but I also knew that like to an extent stuff is not going to get triggered until it gets triggered. And so I get to own that within myself, but I also married a really compassionate man who he sees the bigger picture. So when I go through tough like patches with my own trauma and my own healing, which honestly happened quite a bit over the first year of our marriage, it's really quite difficult to be married to somebody who's wonderful after you've spent so long not. And I know that sounds messed up, but it's, it's amazing what it does to your psyche. It's it's, uh, we get used to what we're used to. Yeah. Um, I remember um, going over to a friend's house and it was so, it was so, you know, they had dinner and everything was orderly and part of me wanted to make fun of it because really what I was speaking from was a jealousy. Mm. Right. And again, I was like, okay, wait, why? And I've always been analytical with my emotions, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, wait, why are you feeling this way? And it was like, oh, because Mm -hmm. you want that. And that's, you questioned the story that you were telling yourself because the story you're telling yourself, you're like, this is dumb. These people are ridiculous. They're so orderly. And you're like, back up. There's something going on here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, and so on this post, you said something to the point um, about how it almost made you wonder because of what you've been through. If you could have, they'll grow old together. Yeah. And I, and I, I pop, piped in and I was like, oh yeah. Now, I just celebrated my 24th wedding anniversary. And uh, so, you know, I know everything about longevity. (laughs) I think you know quite a lot about longevity with you and your man. I think that is 100% accurate. (laughs) But, um, you know, that it does exist. It is out there. And, you know, you you made the analogy of turning around that cruise ship, the ocean liner. Mm -hmm. And that I think people are afraid to turn around the dinghy. Yeah. And turn around the personal sailing vessel. And, and I'm not nautical enough to be able to make <laughs> to keep going. <laughs> but that, you know, our pride gets in the way. Yeah. And in relationships, when you have learned how to dismantle your pride. Yeah. And connect with your with your spouse. There's a great reward in that. Yeah. My number one thing at the top of my list, like if I only had the two and not the thirty nine, the top one was that he loves God more than he loves himself and more than he loves me. And that I, cause I had relationships where I was like, what is this? What is off here? Cause there's so much that's good. What is the thing? And I was able to see come percolating to the surface. Like, Oh, he doesn't love God more than he loves himself. He loves God. That's the problem. People are like, Oh, check. They love God or whatever. If that's a priority, but it's like, hold on. Like in what order? Because when it comes down to it on those hard days, on those hard moments, those hard seasons, Um, that's when that difference becomes extremely important. And I don't want somebody who loves me more than everything in the entire universe. Because that's called sociopath for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like as awesome as I am, but like, let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, um, you need someone who can call you on your crap too. Yes. And he does. And it's so funny. (laughs) Um, and so I posted on there that like, look, it's possible. I'm enjoying it. And I, and I do Nathan's, my husband's name means the gift. Mm-hmm. And so I always call him, you're my gift. Yeah. You're, you're the gift to me. And I just shared this on a, a post about our 24th wedding anniversary that when I asked him, I said, are you marrying me because I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread, blah, blah, blah. Or because God told you to. And he goes, well, I mean, first of all, I wanted him to be like, oh, cause you're everything and you know break out in song or something because God told me to and I'm like "Uh, uh, oh that's actually a really good answer (laughs) um because in life whatever it is that your values are Mm -hmm. um, I call it trajectory 
-hmm. your trajectory with each other need to be the same because then you're going to always be putting your energy and your effort into the same goal and ending up in the same place. And I was talking to a client one time where her, her ultimate trajectory, when I asked her, she said, it's to be sitting on a porch watching the sunset, holding hands. And I was like, great. How is your day-to-day life falling in line with that? Aligning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That porch, a house you own is that, you know, like, what does that look like and breaking it down? And she was like, oh, and then the recognition that the conflict was because they were not on the same page on that. For sure. And I passed her off to one of my other coaching friends. Cause I only really do. I just open people up and pass them off to other people. That's yes. what I do. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's great. <laughs> I don't want to be your accountability coach. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but it's, it's so important that we do one. I love in your story, when you were talking about, you said, I knew that he was out there. And the truth is Naomi, a lot of times people start getting so wrapped up in the story that they're not worth it, that they don't believe that somebody is out there for them or they get so wrapped up in the package they come in. Yes, for sure. And it, it is, it is true statistically that there are less like from a woman's standpoint, there are less quality, stable men, stable, meaning they have a job. They don't hit people. They don't abuse alcohol. They don't live with their mother. They have a vehicle that works like stable. Like we're talking like the most, like, and again, these are all not the bar of awesome, everyone. No, no. Bar of awesome. Yeah. But as a single woman, I was dating in my 20s and in my 30s. And I married Ralph uh, just before I turned 40. And um, as being of, of those ages, um, th- there are less quality men out there than quality women. And there are a lot of non-quality women out there, too, for sure. The, the gender issues go both ways. The problems go both ways. The abuse goes both ways. Absolutely, without a doubt, there is not like, well, men are terrible and women are awesome. Not even a tiny Thank bit. Thank you for saying that because absolutely. I happen to know a man that was abused for 18 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, people don't believe it because he, you know, he knows karate. Uh, yeah. Never. Pretty much never, never would lay a hand on anyone who wasn't attacking someone else. Laying a it's, hand on him was okay, you know, in his worldview, but right. you know, financial, Until, mental, sexual, everything abuse. And I, I, the Bishop that I first landed in the ward when I first and left bishop being the ecclesiastical leader. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, the first ward, congregation area that I was in when I left my second husband, he had been a recipient of domestic violence in a previous marriage Mm -hmm. and he was divorced. And then his ex-wife actually passed away and he was happily remarried, but he had the most amazing empathy for me. And he was just so quick to be like, how can I help? What do you need? Do you need therapy? Do you need a place to live? Do you need food? What do you need? I'm here for you. And it, um, it just felt very safe um, to be around somebody who had been through that, but had also been healed. Yeah. Um, because it's easy to get stuck in well, the, I think ultimately when we ask the question of why does God allow bad things to happen? And I think it's because he loves us enough to let us grow and the realization that we can then give back because I've got, I also choose it sometimes. I mean, as harsh yeah. as that sounds like, if you're going to be like, I'm going to go down this path. And God's like, that's kind of a terrible idea. I know I'm going to do it anyway. God's like, I love you. And I will be with you. Even if you don't see me, I am with you on that dark, icky path. <laughs> right? But I mean, yeah, I mean, bad things happen because we're stupid and we live in a world with other stupid people. <laughs> uh, realize that we are also stupid. Right. Indeed. But, you know, like, you know, your, your bishop, your ecclesiastical leader, he had a greater empathy and ability to help you because he had been in similar types of situations. And then I look at you who, when I met you, you were just, you know, I, I mean, I talked about your lips and how radiant they were, but you know, I was like, dang, I want this girl on my team so bad. She's got so much untapped connections and resources and vibrancy. And so I was seeing all of this stuff that you're saying to me, um, I was destroyed. You know, I had nothing, you know, but it's, you were still there. You just couldn't tap it. You know, other well, then, around you could see it. And yeah. so what's interesting is when we're being abused, we feel broken, but we can't, but ooze who we are. 
Absolutely. And the, the thing about me that was destroyed, the life that was ruined was the false self. It was the, the ego version. It was the, we, we think when we are shattered that we are broken and it's actually not possible for us to be broken. What is broken is the version of ourself that we'd been telling ourselves that we were, which is hella painful. That is really, really hard when uh, an identity that you have believed in with everything inside of you has been taken from you. But I believe that that happens from a loving God and a loving universe that says, sweetie, this is not who you really are. And so if you just could like relinquish some of this control, I will lead you to where you can see who you truly are because we never actually lose who we are. People say, oh, I'm just trying to get back to who I am. I just want to go back to that. And it's like, that's, that's, you don't want anything that is backwards. Uh, and the more that I have let go of these versions of myself, um, and yes, you could see it, it was there, but um, I was still grieving the version of my life that I thought was who I was. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're, because going back to what we were saying, that we, the story you write, how you see yourself, how you're projecting what you think you are, we need to have these things taken away in a sense. Yes. Life events will do that because that is us living in our false ego. Absolutely. And, so and it's, it's a gift when it's stripped away. Yeah. And it you comes know, with trauma if we don't let it go easily. I think one of the most powerful lessons we learn is to let go of control and let go of needing things to be a certain way. Um, because when we can truly, truly release that control, we can allow this loving God and this loving universe to create and just blossom before our eyes. And it, it feels like <laughs> if you're in the middle of like, no, I have to control my life as you're listening to this. And it's like this, it has to be this way. Um, you're like, that lady is crazy. But you've just heard for the last however many minutes that we've been talking that like this is I've been through it. I'm not coming from like a little Miss Posey fantasy land right. with this. Like I've, I've been through the gamut and yes, there's people that have been through worse things. You can't compare pain, but like it's, um, I've had enough that like, I've got my badge to say, I get to say simple yeah. things that mean stuff. <laughs> right. well, um, one of the things that I, I love about this so much is because, uh, having been, you know, sexual molested, and having fallen in love with the man that was old enough to be my father thinking I was in love as a young age, I knew that love could destroy me. I knew that like you, I would give so completely to that person that I thought maybe it would just be a good idea not to do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, God kept breaking me up from other guys, <laughs> you know, even sending me on a mission to a guy that I loved, and I didn't even date bad guys. <laughs> you know, I, the, the course of these different people's lives, you know, do not seem to, have been that they were, would have been abusive, except, you know, for one guy, but I didn't really kiss him so that he doesn't count. Um, but <laughs> like when he kissed me, I was like, I'm sorry, I think you're my brother right now. Mm. That's not working. <laughs> sorry. But anyway, um, that with my husband, we were just so brought together. Yeah. And that it was either everything I had ever felt that God had impromptu to me to do, and I was to marry this man. And falling in love can be terrifying. Oh, yeah. But well, I'm you can surrender so in. much. Mm -hmm. I'm 24 years in, my friend Naomi, and to anyone else listening. And when you have the real deal and you're both committed to that, it just keeps getting sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. And people will say to me, oh, you know, you're so into your family and your kids. Think about what you could have done with your career if you didn't have all of that weighing you down. And I'm like, oh, they're clearly on a different trajectory than you <laughs> very different trajectory but my my family is my why and my husband is my um you know uh i don't even know what what the word is you know just part of who i am and a strength and a foundation and because he's based in god and loves god more than himself like your sweet ralph i can trust it yeah and i'm gonna grow old with this guy and you're gonna grow with old with Ralph and I'm just going to watch your gooey cute posts and you can watch my gooey cute posts. And it's just so much <laughs> gooey cuteness. I love it. So my friend, cause I just, I just love you. And I love that I can learn more about myself and now I can read the correct astrology 
um, <laughs> predictions for me. <laughs> Do you have any awesome other pearls of wisdom you'd like to give the listeners that have listened to our girlfriend conversation? Uh, first of all, I'm so glad you guys are here for this whole time. Like this is awesome sauce that um, you have invested in yourself to listen to us for this long. And um, based on that, I know that you are doing so much better than you realize. You're doing so much better than you know. And um, that I don't say this lightly because I have lost hope at a point in my life where I truly had no hope. But there is always, always, always something to hope for. There is always something powerful. And there are always divine beings that are deeply aware of you and love you more than you can comprehend that are right there. And if you're in the dark and you're like, this chick doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, I just wish I could look you in the eye and tell you that I promise you that there's so much more love in the universe and right within your reach than you can even comprehend for you. Boom. I just love you, Naomi. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.